Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast. We're so glad you're here with us today. And uh, it's a beautiful day outside, and I think it's going to be a good time together. Really excited about what we're going to talk about today, Bonnie. So kind of setting this up, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe if you listen to the podcast, or or if not, if you listen for a while, but we homeschool our kids. They were public schooled all the way through until last fall, Mm -hmm. so fall of 22, and uh, so we took them out, and we do uh, Liberty Online um, Academy, and so they're both in middle school, and man, they love it. We love it, and um, the thing I love the best about it, and I think we do get some jealous stares from some from, from some friends when we tell them this, but every morning is kind of a slow morning. Like, yeah. we don't have the morning rush uh, of oh. getting up at 6, 5.30, 6 o'clock, getting everybody ready, getting them out the door to school by 6.30, and getting out, you know... That's Every, the thing I miss the least is that morning thing. I hated that. We oh fought. It was, there was no peace in our house early no, in the morning. You're no. probably going, I hate you right now because that's my morning. That's and then their first morning moments before they get to school are always frantic and just yep. blah. Last things we say before yeah. they get out of the car is usually something stern and it was yep. frustrating all the time. And and, uh, and so, so we get up and... We do our thing, and we'll probably get up about six or six thirty-seven, and uh, do our thing, work out. Bonnie, you go feed the donkeys and all that kind of stuff, and and then have a Bible study, and then and then the kids get up at like eight thirty, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we do make them get their clothes on. We don't let them just do school and PJs. Fridays is a PJ day if they want it, mm-hmm. um, but they have to get up. They get up at eight thirty, and then at nine o'clock, we all sit on the porch. And we do family devotions, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's about fifteen twenty minutes, and uh, depending. Well, and today it took a turn. We went like forty five, and yep. but they were engaged, and it was interesting. The co- the conversation we had was so interesting; it just kept going. And yeah, best time of our day. Yep, is that twenty thirty minutes on the porch doing family devotions with the kids, and uh, and I think in life, Bonnie, I think that's going to pay the best dividends mm-hmm. of all the investments we make. And uh, but this morning. That's how why I talked about that is this morning we got into uh, to something that was very interesting that mm-hmm. kind of took a turn. It's not where we were in our Bible reading. No, but we were in we were in Matthew, and so then we were talking about Jesus was predicting like the temple um, was going to be destroyed. Yeah, he said uh, not one stone will be on top of each other a day, and the disciples were like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. And lo and behold, in 70 AD, the the temple was destroyed. The Romans yeah. came in. They sieged the city. They 40 years after he told his disciples that. They yeah, and they're in. like, what in the world? They knew it was going to happen. But they were probably still shocked. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And they did destroy that temple. Not one stone was left on the other. And just as Jesus said. and But then we got to talking to him about what Jesus has, I mean, what God has done in the last you know, in it since 1948. So, so if you're listening today, and this is not taught a lot from the pulpit in our modern Christian churches, and uh, I don't know why I wish it, I wish it was because it's, yeah. it's really amazing. Brings a lot of hope. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, we'll kind of set this whole thing up with this. We can nerd out about it if we don't watch ourselves. We will get to marriage stuff. But, I promise. But this all, yes, it it's setting in. up a marriage thing. But um. 
But in the Old Testament, it predicted that the temple would be destroyed, that the Jewish nation would be scattered, and mm-hmm. then after a long period of time, they would come back together. Mm-hmm. That's Old Testament, right? Yep. Hundreds of years before this ever happened. And then Jesus even said it to his disciples. They said, tell us, what you know, what are we going to see? And he said, I'll tell you one day, not one stone of this temple. He's pointing to the temple. Mm-hmm. And then 40 years later, lo and behold, it happens. Yeah. Romans come in, they destroy everything. And then the Jewish nation, what happened to him, Bonnie, then? They, they dispersed throughout the world. and Never to assemble in that. In, in Jerusalem and Israel as their homeland. Yeah, they were all over the world. They they lived through horrific, the, the time of the Holocaust. They get, you know, and that, that. Th- that place was known as Palestine from there forward, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And right. eventually it became it was, Palestine. It wasn't Israel any longer. And which is really funny is um, my parents were cleaning out their attic and gave me an old globe yeah. this past, uh, a couple weeks ago. And it's an old, like, globe, like, you know, spinning globe. Yeah. And, um, and I got to think, how old is this thing? Cause I remember growing up with it and I got to looking on it and Israel's not on it. Palestine, Palestine. is on it. Yeah. And so, uh, so that kind of gave me a date. It was older than 1948. Cause mm-hmm. what happened in 1948? In 1948, um, Israel actually, the Jews were giving, given back their own homeland in Jerusalem around Jerusalem, in that area where they originally were, was given back to the Jewish people, and that became, that was, that's the nation of Israel. Which fulfilled an ancient Old Testament prophecy yep. that they would be dispersed for a couple thousand years and then come back together. I mean, they could have picked anywhere yep. for uh, the Jewish people to have a home base, but they picked the original land with is in Israel and to, to recreate Israel uh, yeah. with Jerusalem there, the Holy Mount, all of that. Mm-hmm. And and man, that I imagine pastors in that time were like, <laughs> "Holy cow, it happened!" Yep. Because who was it? Mark Twain in the late eighteen hundreds mm-hmm. went to Palestine, which was formerly Israel, now day Israel. And said, I don't know how this could be the land of milk and honey. This is the most god-awful place ever. It's a desert. It was dead. And and now Israel's one of the most flourishing, rich nations in the world. And it's tiny, about the Mm -hmm. size of New Jersey. Proving God is good to his word. He sure is. But you might be thinking, what in the world does that have to do with marriage? Well, we just got to thinking about this today. Just, just, it's mind-blowing that God would take a, a nation that had been dispersed and after so long just at impossible odds put it back together to mm-hmm. revive a, something that was dead and Ezekiel talks about it in the the valley of dry bones we'll talk about in a few minutes but if God can do that mm-hmm. and bring all these people back together just as he said he would we believe that he can revive a marriage that mm-hmm. you thought is was dead. Mm-hmm. If he can bring a nation back to life, certainly he can move on. If he can move on the heart of all these thousands and thousands of people to come back to their homeland and for for nations to to come together to give Israel back their land with the same customs, the same cultures, same language, same language, same religious beliefs, and a religious beliefs that didn't believe in his son. That's mm-hmm. not Christian. Just as he said, they would come back in unbelief. Just as he said. Um, he can revive 
your marriage. And uh, it's it's really funny because as we were studying these notes, um, I was reminded of a couple a few years ago. We were hosting a premarital workshop for our church. And Bonnie, you were processing the people coming in, and mm-hmm. you said, wait, Daniel, this couple has the la- same last name. Did they get married already? Did they already get married? And we didn't know. And so they show up at the workshop, and I ask them, I'm like, hey, so what's the story? They're in their 60s. Mm-hmm. And and usually we'll have, a, you know, most couples are in their 20s in that workshop, but occasionally we'll have a couple, you know, older than that, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And they were in their 60s, and I said, what's what's your story? And they said, well... We got married back in the 80s when we were in our 20s <laughs> and uh, or late, yeah, late 70s. And um, it just did not work. And he said, actually, I needed uh, I needed time to grow up. Mm. And they divorced. And then they just went their separate ways. And she never remarried because her name, you know, her last name stayed the same. And then they found each other mm-hmm. a few years ago in their 60s and got married and they are the sweetest <laughs> couple you've ever seen. That's he said, I just needed 30 years to grow up. Mm. And uh, and that is a great example. I mean, that's yeah. talking about dry, dry bones bringing Israel back together, right? 30 years they were apart, and then God brought this sweet little couple back together and mm-hmm. restored what they thought had been done. And uh, And that is just the power of of God working in and through your relationship. So that's what we want to talk about today is that God can revive even a relationship that you think is dead. All right, so Bonnie and I are Gen X, but our kids are... Gen Z. Gen Z. So this little game is called, Do You Know Your Gen Z Slang? Yeah. All right, so we're going to start out pretty easy. LOL. Laugh out, out loud. loud. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Pretty easy. All right, TTYL. That's when Talk you got to go to the you bathroom. Later. Mama, got a blue there. I thought it was TT. TT. Okay. Two to one, Mama. Okay. Okay. You're keeping score here. Yeah. Oh, it's a competition. Okay. IKR. I know, right? Dad yeah, there you go. Oh, good. Dad. You're quick two, on that. Right? If there's a competition, I can't be funny. Two, I have to, two, like, compete. Two, two. Mm-hmm. LMK. Let me know. Yeah. Whoa. That was fast, Fawn. Why? Yeah. I mean, no. W-Y-D. W-Y-D. What? What you doing? Yeah. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, what are you doing? I can't All right. think fast. Um, go. go. Uh, let's see. H-B-U. HBU, that's the type of computer. H, hey, bud, you, I don't How know. How about you? Huh? How about you? How about you? <laughs> I had no clue. That's on that. like a, yeah. Yeah. NM, NM. Never, Never mind. mind. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was I good. thought it was Same nothing time, much for a second. OTW. Oh. Uh, off the wall. On the oh, way. Yes, on the, on the way. Mama got it. <laughs> Off the wall. What the heck is that? If I'm right, four to three, mama, I think. Just keep it score. I mean, Colby. R O F L. On the floor rolling, laughing. I don't know. What is that? Yes, rolling. yes, kind of. Rolling on the floor laughing. <laughs> that was pretty close. Well, today we are talking about um, the possibility. If you dared to 
imagine that God could revive a marriage that you feel like is dead, that you both feel like it's dead, or that you're like, Lord, I just don't know if, if this is even possible. And so we were we were talking with our kids this morning, and we just we were we got into the whole scripture passage because because the kids sing a song that's called "Dry Bones Come Alive, Come Alive," and yeah. um, it really got us thinking. They're like they weren't really sure where that came from. Josie knew it came from Ezekiel, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they understand. And I don't know if many modern worship leaders understand this. Mm-hmm. What that uh, vision that God gave Ezekiel of those Valley of Dry Bones, what it was meaning. Yeah, I think he, they might just think it means salvation or something yeah. like that. But so, so Ezekiel sees in this. He's in spirit. He sees the this vision of this valley with all these dead, dry bones in it, and and God's like, "Can you think I can bring these like back to life?" And he's like, "Well, only you know." And so I want to read this some of this to you. I don't want to, I've skipped some of it, but I want to just read some of this to you because if you're not familiar with it, it's like, okay, well, that's a crazy, crazy thing. Mm-hmm. But So it's starting in Ezekiel 37, verse 7. So I prophesied as I, com- as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Mm. You want me to do sound effects? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say her bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Mm. Then you, my people, will know that I'm the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Mm. Wow, it's just powerful to think he did. He's doing that now. He's brought them back in unbelief, and at some point, he will revive and breathe life. The Holy Spirit. They'll accept Jesus, mm-hmm. and they will accept him. And do you you wonder if if people, if Jewish people, held to this hope mm. of this prophecy, or if over the course of the two thousand years, they just kind of forgot what it was about or let go of the hope or desire Mm -hmm. for it even yeah yeah well if god can miraculously bring back a nation and breathe life into something that was dead do you think he can do this in your marriage Mm -hmm. i mean can't he do that so and i want to extend that maybe you're listening and it's not your marriage that you're wanting hope to be revived, maybe it's another relationship. Maybe it's a relationship with your kids mm. that you're estranged from your kids, uh, young kids or adult kids, wherever, whatever age, or you're estranged from other relationships. Um, that I, I hope this gives you hope as well. Mm-hmm. So as we're looking at this passage, I think there are a few things we see um, that God speaks into this that we can take into our marriage relationship mm-hmm. and the first thing there we see that, that Israel's crying out, our bones are dried up and hope is gone. We are cut off. They recognize there's no hope. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes just recognizing we need help. Yeah. 
we we have reached a point of we feel like no return and we can't do this ourselves. That's a big deal to get to that point because I think so many times couples feel like, you know what, we're just going to throw in the towel rather than start admitting to the people, maybe before it's gone, admitting to other people, well, can we get help here? They're too proud to get help. And that is, uh, I, was, I was about to ask you, what gets us to that point? Why do we go so long until we realize we need to, we need help? And mm-hmm. I think one of the things is just selfishness. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be... I want to be right, or I, I think my way is right, and I'm going to bend you to my way of thinking, or you're going to bend me to your way of thinking. Um, and we just sit in our um, in ourselves for so long mm-hmm. um, at the expense of our relationship well, with each other. We convince ourselves that our spouse is our enemy. Yeah, yeah. And that my way is the only way. Mm-hmm. I think another thing is, is, is just what you said, um, we, we sit in it because we fear what people will think. Mm-hmm. We fear that we won't be, especially, especially in our Christian culture, that we have to have this perfect thing, mm-hmm. you know, this perfect, uh, If I'm a Christian, I should be able to just handle it. Right. I should be able to work it out. And I fear people knowing the mess that, that's going on in our mm-hmm. relationship. So we don't reach out for help counseling pastor help or or friends anything like that um i think another thing is is we may not reach out for help because uh, we put the marriage on the back burner because we live in a society that idealizes kids and kids not uh, just idealizes but idolizes idolizes their kids and their kids functions Mm -hmm. and investing in the kids We'll get to it later. Yes. Kids come first. Then babies come first. I've heard that a million times. You need to put your kids first. And that is a lie from the enemy. It's not biblical. No. Kids come third. And um, and so, man, I I mean, if you want to put God on a priority list, I think God's the whole list. Mm -hmm. So He sets the list. So the relationship with your spouse comes first, and you create a healthy foundation, and then the kids come second to that. Mm and that gives uh, them security. And, oh, man, no kidding. Um, so I think that's maybe some reason that we don't recognize our need for help is we're blinded by the, all that other mm-hmm. stuff. And there's probably a lot of other reasons as well. But, yeah, I agree. First, we have to recognize our need for help. Well, and then in this passage, we see that after Israel is saying there's no hope, God steps in and he says, well, let me tell you something. Yes, it's dead. You're dead. There's no hope here. But then he says... Okay, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land. Then you will know that I'm the Lord because I open your graves and I will put my spirit in you mm-hmm. and and will live in you and will I will settle you in your land. He's saying, I can revive this. I can breathe life into you. I can breathe life into a dead marriage if you, first of all, if you both know me, Mm-hmm. And you, if you will trust me, and if you will seek me, and if you'll stop trying to take control of this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what characterizes the old whole test, the old whole, the, the whole Old Testament? Easy for you to say. Words are very tough. <laughs> Self effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the massive themes of the Old Testament is these people 
trying. That's why they're begging for for the you the know messiah. a messiah. Yes, and God gives them ten commandments just to show them you can't keep these rules. Your yeah. self effort's not good enough. You need mm-hmm. a savior. Look, here's here's ten simple rules. And what did they do? They went on and made a hundred oral laws to go along. They yeah. amendments to the Constitution, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and God said, "Oh my goodness, you definitely your self effort is not going to be able to solve this problem." Mm-hmm. And we think the same thing in our marriage. Well, that yeah. self effort. If you've reached the point your marriage is dead, then you've probably tried so many things mm-hmm. along the way, or maybe you just gave up. Well, self effort got you here. Mm-hmm. it's not working. Mm-hmm. What if you both dared to stop trying so hard to do the old things and get your way and make it work out the way you want to, and you allowed God to get in the middle of it and intervene? Yeah, Jesus didn't say, I have come so that you will try harder. <laughs> so that I can good. help you try. Yeah, I, I have come so that so that I can help you try harder to do good. Mm-hmm. We like to just kind of uh, latch him on to the side of what we're doing and do it in his name. Mm-hmm. No, Jesus said, I have come to give you life. Mm-hmm. Other words, you have to die. Yeah. I didn't want to clean up your flesh. I wanted right. to kill it. I wanted to kill it. I wanted to get rid of all your self-effort. And now let me mm-hmm. live this life through you and empower you. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really tough concept for Christians to understand because we just try to modify our behavior. Well, it's the whole, I can do anything with Jesus' help. Right. But God's he, my co-pilot. Yep. And that's not at all the picture. We, we take that and try to spiritualize and, and twist the, tr- the truth of that mm-hmm. where God's saying, no, I don't want to just be your little, your little sidekick here. I don't want to be an add-on. No, and I don't want to just help you do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to live through you. Mm-hmm. I want to do it through you and in his power and his strength mm-hmm. he says i will put my spirit in you and you will live yeah he said i am the way the truth and the life mm-hmm. which lets me understand that anything apart from him even good works is not going to produce this life it's going to produce what death death my self-effort produces death even if i just try to do it in his name Mm-hmm. He's the only one that can produce life. Yep. He breathes life in us, and he and mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. That's what he says he'll do with Israel. He will put his spirit. At some point, they mm-hmm. will come to belief in him because his spirit will be in them, and then you will live. Mm-hmm. And if you want your marriage to live, it's a daily process of dying to yourself mm-hmm. and allowing Christ to live through you to love somebody. Because we're not capable of loving each other by mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's supernatural mm-hmm. to, to love each other the way we're called to in a marriage that can last happily for, you know, 60 mm-hmm. years, 70 years is only going to be because I'm dying to my selfishness and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm living, letting Christ love you through me because I can't do it. And I've seen couples, um, the, the tough thing is, is that both individuals in the marriage have to get to this place. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have talked with people that says, hey, my, my spouse isn't wanting to work on the marriage. What do I do? Okay, well, you be obedient. Mm-hmm. You be obedient with what God's telling you, and you let God deal with your spouse. Mm-hmm. 
and and yet maybe they've waited too long. Maybe the other spouse is, has developed a, a hardness of heart towards it, and maybe they're done, um, or maybe they're not there yet. What do you do? You be obedient. Mm-hmm. You be obedient. And then I've seen those marriages end because the other spouse never came along. And they never surrender their heart. And, okay, well, God, you promised that my marriage, you know, you're saying on yeah. the podcast that that God wouldn't. So what do we do then? I'm obedient today. Mm-hmm. Jesus, didn't, Jesus, Jesus didn't die on the cross so just so your, your marriage would stay together. Mm-hmm. Jesus died to put his life into you mm-hmm. and, then to get, and, then, and to give you eternal life. So even if you're finding you're at this place to where your marriage is done, what's your next best step? Obedience. Obedience. Keep in step with the Spirit and walk with Him. And and off, you know, ask for forgiveness where you see yep. you're wrong. Offer yep. forgiveness where they've asked yep. to be forgiven and stop holding grudges. Mm-hmm. Start trying to rebuild a connection with your spouse, um, and and communicate with them in a way that's healthy. And see what God will do. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you need you need to go and seek help, an outside source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's another thing is we have to do what needs to be done and get the help you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, make amends, offer forgiveness, rebuild your, rebuild your connection, which is that attachment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we need that atonement of what we've done wrong. Um, we need that attunement, which is learning how to communicate, learning how to uh, resolve conflict. And then we need to continue working on that attachment with mm-hmm. each other, that relationship. And, uh, and that can come through, maybe, maybe you need to talk to a pastor about it. Maybe you need to meet with a counselor about it. And if your spouse won't go, then what do you do? Well, you go. Mm-hmm. And you do the things that you need to do and never cease praying for your spouse. Right. And, and, and maybe you're at the point to where you've been sitting in this 20 years and maybe it's too late. Maybe your spouse isn't willing. Maybe you should have done this 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You can't change yesterday. Mm-mm. The only thing that you can do to change yesterday is to ask forgiveness mm-hmm. for things you did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why, uh, that's another thing that you can do. That's why we have our rescue intensives here. That's the whole reason mm-hmm. we do what we do here at the Marriage Adventure is to help give hope uh, to, to couples that are walking through this and, uh, and our rescue intensives, that's what they're designed to do mm-hmm. is to, to help a couple that's on that verge of, of, of divorce on that verge of this is over. And, uh, and if that's something you're interested in or think you may need, uh, go to the marriageadventure.com and go down to where, uh, it, it talks about our, in our reset and rescue intensives and they're three days here at the farm. It includes about 18 hours worth of marital coaching and counseling where we work and we dig in and we try to put those bones back together and allow God to breathe life into this relationship. And even after that, it's still going to take a lot of work. Absolutely. Um, but you do what you, what God's telling you to do. You keep in step with him today. And then tomorrow, guess what? I'm going to keep in step with him. Well, and at the end of the day, the God may not revive those bones. He may not. But if you're seeking him, you're going to discover something that's even greater than your marriage. And that is 
his unending love for you. Mm-hmm. The fact that Christ is your groom and mm-hmm. he will never disappoint. Mm-hmm. He loves you. He laid down his life for you perfectly. And I've seen people whose marriages didn't make it, but they become who they've been intended to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has done miraculous things in breathing life into that person mm-hmm. in ways that they never thought possible. And they're following and seeking the Lord with all their heart. Even coming out of a failed marriage yes. or a, a marriage that ended. Yep. And it's in it's that Bonnie, it's that glorious hope of even if I walk through hell on this earth, and mm-hmm. even if that marriage ends here on this earth, I have the glorious hope that one, I have a true groom. Mm-hmm. My, as much as I love you and as much as you love me, we're placeholders for each other mm-hmm. on this earth. That as soon as we leave this earth or Jesus raptures us out of this place, which I hope happens soon, <laughs> and I think will, that I'm, I'm married to him. Mm-hmm. And I'll still know you and, and as I do on, on earth, but man, he's our groom. Mm-hmm. And he will never he can fulfill every desire and, and need that we have in him. Mm-hmm. And that's the glorious hope that even if you're coming out of a failed marriage, that you have hope in him. And, uh, and so that's, that's so, so powerful. Well, we hope that today that just by looking, I love looking in scripture because mm-hmm. it's truth. And to be able to look and see what God has done with a nation the promises he gives, do not discount the Old That's Testament. Right. That's right. And to see how he fulfills those, that he'll keep his promise to you that he's faithful mm-hmm. in anything that you're walking through. And we pray that today you have hope that God will re- can revive your marriage, and we pray that he will. But if not, even in that, there is hope that Jesus Christ is all that you need and that he will breathe life into you. That's right. Well, thanks so much for listening today. And uh, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, follow us at The Marriage Adventure. And you can check out this podcast on YouTube as well. You guys have a great week. Oh.